44 of Super Entertainment presents the television crossover universe on the Grand Canal coming to you live from Castle Wolfenstein, hosted by the TVCU crew. The TVCU crew are a team of crossovers who devote way too much of their time to connecting the dots through official crossovers and Easter eggs, all in order to demonstrate a shared fictional reality that we call the television crossover universe. Tonight, we do not have a guest, despite our announcements and expectations, so you get to hear... From me, you're stuck with me yet again. Hi guys, I'm back. I apologize for your suffering. Oh, hush. We're going to have fun tonight. Um, In fact, it was actually a rather last minute thing. Our guest didn't happen, and James comes to me and is like, what are we going to talk about in episode one that we're recording tonight? And... I this is um, within two hours of the big announcement dropping about the Arrow. We'll move into that after the break. First, do you have anything you would like to announce? Oh, do I have anything to announce? Just like, don't give me that. I have no idea if you do or not. Hmm. I guess I get to plug because I'm actually ahead for once. Um, My weekly column on 18th Walls blog, if Walls could talk, where I do writing advice, and I had a fun one talking. It was off a conversation I had with some newer writers, and it's kind of. Interesting talking to newer writers, and at times I go, I look at James, I'm like, was this how I was a few years ago? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, gosh. But um, it was fun because we were having this conversation, and I said something, and I, after the conversation ended, I kind of stopped, and I was like, that's a blog post I'm making. So then I wrote this post, and it got posted up after I took a couple-week hiatus. And it's up, and then I've already got a fun one for the next couple ones. Um, there's a fun story behind one that James knows, and has a laugh and so i'm excited so that's what i'm gonna plug james off to you i would like to plug the secret things that big finish doesn't want you to know about Ooh, what kind of secret things they apparently did a sequel to a 1980s radio show earth search and you can't find this anywhere they did three full-length audios starring india fisher nicholas courtney and colin baker i'm sorry who you charlie six and the brig and you can't get these anywhere they're completely what? gone off the market. Are you serious? They're not even listed on the Big Finish site anymore. This is a thing. This is a thing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, you actually do need to check the Big Finish site because sometimes there are things you cannot get online. Um, now one has after I went through all the trouble of getting that thing shipped to the U.S. The Adventures of Lewis Arkwright. Lewis Arkwright. I mean, whatever. Lewis Arkwright um, because it stars David Tennant and you could not get this thing online. So I finally broke down uh, about six months ago and bought it and got it shipped here and then within two months of me buying it they're like oh just kidding we're gonna put it online now and i, I kind of just and you still on. haven't listened to it actually i have except i haven't listened to the third disc so i'm only like two-thirds of the way through it um because i keep forgetting to put the third one on my phone and that's how i listen to things okay yes but no i i have listened to two-thirds of it after six months and you call david Tennant your favorite actor oh he really is though All right, and now after the break, we'll be discussing things that do not involve David Tennant. Uh, I guess we'll go there. And we're back before I was so rudely cut off, James. Um, As I said, our our guest actually backed out about 48 hours from when we're recording this, and it was just a couple hours after a big announcement dropped online. So I suggested to James, now that I have an official reason to talk about this on the show, can we talk about it? And I thought James would give me maybe five minutes to do a quick rundown and talk 
in my usual fast way and cover as much ground as I could. But then all of a sudden, this guest dropped out and he's like, you have the whole episode. So tonight, we're actually going to talk a bit about the Arrowverse. Uh, we'll actually briefly touch on the new announcement, but since I don't have as much details, um, I'm probably actually going to sit here and fixate on the Flashpoint paradox and some speculation. Um, at the point when this airs, if memory serves, we're going to have about... Uh, three of the four have already premiered by the time this episode airs for you guys. So some of this might have already been answered for us, but I'm going to sit here and speculate, and James is going to moderate and tell me when I need to shut up. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But I do so love telling you to shut up. Oh, you I'll really try and it. do as well at telling you to shut up and stop and know as well as Nikki does. I can't make promises, but I'll try to live up. I swear this is one of his hobbies. It's right up there with him telling me, no, I can't write that, or no, I need to change this, or no, 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 do it all over again. Please see my soon-outcome short story, for example. So what announcement was made about the CW? The CW actually, we already knew that around the mid-season, and sometime in November, there's going to be a gigantic four-episode massive crossover event between all four shows, the four shows being Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow, because they've now all officially come into the Arrowverse. Because what a year 2016 has been for the Arrowverse. When it um, premiered last fall, we only had two shows. We had The Flash and we had Arrow. And I'll admit, as in the course of this discussion, that Arrow is going to be my weakest link because it's the show I've watched the least out of the group. I'm caught up on the other three, but I haven't quite managed to get caught up on the Arrow yet. But those two shows started. We knew, did know of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, but it didn't premiere until after the mid-season break. And it came in for a short first season and then thankfully did get renewed. I was very excited when they announced it. And then I got even more excited when John Barrowman's character was announced to be coming on The Legends of Tomorrow. In fact, I almost cried. I got so excited. And I, there was like 10 messages to James. Like, James, did you see this? Did you see who's coming? And he, he just kind of gave me more that More than messages. It ranked a random phone call. Oh, it did, I think, actually rank a random phone call. Um, but... I'm very excited. And then, of course, the newest addition to the Arrowverse, because DC's Legends of Tomorrow didn't get to be the new guy for long. In comes Supergirl over from CBS when they decided not to go into season two, but CW thankfully did pick her up because I was going to be very upset because she is so much fun. I mean, I'm not surprised that CBS canceled it. It cost them $5 million an episode, more than nearly triple what it cost for a Flash episode, despite the special effects looking worse. That's don't, the CBS effect for you. Don't, for CBS, they did a very good job with her, in my opinion. For what they're used to doing, this, that was a very ambitious project. Oh, yes. For CBS, it's outstanding. It's just so, but compared outside to what, of CBS. Yes. Compared to we're used to CW doing superhero shows, CBS was the weak link, and they realized it. And so when CW offered to buy it, they ran with that deal. And so now Supergirl is coming in. But that does present an interesting problem, which I'm going to actually touch on in a bit because I'm going to set it up. At the um, into season two of The Flash, season one, we spent half of it hinting, hey, Barry, you might be able to run fast enough. You can travel through time. And it got hinted at. And he agonized over this because he realizes at some point my adult self is back on the night my mom died. But why didn't I save her? And this is a thing that runs through the, a large chunk of the first season. They have discussion after discussion about hypothetical theoretical time travel, which culminates into the season one finale where Barry does go back and doesn't save his mom because a third Barry Allen is on the scene, the first being the 11-year-old Barry, second being the one we're with, and the one from the future's there. And he stops and says, no, Barry hesitates, and it's too late, his mom dies, and he comes back to the present. 
And then we hit season two, and all of a sudden, instead of this, I'm going to take careful consideration in the fact that, hey, I can run fast enough to be in space and time, to, oh, I have a problem. I'm just going to run back into my last season arch nemesis timeline and going to ask him a quick question, because I can. Because I can run that fast. So what's the big deal, guys? Why shouldn't I do this? And when this whole thing is getting set up, this is um, not too long before he crossed over with Supergirl, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, I'm sitting here like, what happened to last season, Barry, who was very careful about the idea that I have the potential to travel in time. This one's like, whatever, let's go. Um, and, of course, causes himself more problems than it's worth. Um, luckily, he did not fracture his own timeline that much, and there's only some yeah. slight noticeable differences. Um, thankfully, could it could have been so much worse, which it is about to become so much worse. So we hit that. And in a couple episodes, a couple of weeks later, I can't say episodes because actually Barry Allen, The Flash, came into CBS, which is not done very often in memory serves, that two networks will play that nicely together. No, it's very rare. It's very rare. And I was very surprised to hear that they were going to let The Flash from CW come into a CBS show. But ran in, he ran right on in, um, attempted to save Kara, but she didn't really need saving. But he, of course, didn't know that at this point. He saves her. They discover the other superpowered, and then Barry realizes, oh, I'm on a parallel Earth, which is not completely unusual at this point for the Flash, as he's done it before a couple times. But now this is in a very much crossover setting where Supergirl and the Flash are together, and they have an adventure on CBS. And in my opinion, they had some great chemistry, and when I was uh, away at a convention over the summer, when I was getting my award, they had a uh, CW panel, and they were previewing some teasers, because this was before San Diego Comic-Con, so they're not going to drop so much. But they were teasing things, and one thing they teased was the possibility that Barry and Carr are going to have a little bit of a relationship, and I'm sitting here like, yes, because I do ship them almost on the level of Ten and Rose at this point. So hopefully CW does do that, because it makes me very happy. Um, so Barry comes back in his own universe. He's back in the same universe as Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow, because all three... I've already established in canon that they're together, but Supergirl is the odd one out in her own parallel Earth. But at the end of season two, we see Barry initiate the Flashpoint paradox by saving his mother. And also, there's another side effect, which we'll see. There's like several things they should touch that they don't touch, and when we might touch on later, because I mentioned it to James before we started recording. But by sending a third version back, technically, there is questionably now three or four Barry Allens in this one temporal point. And he's creating a temporal weak spot. And the fact is another one potentially needs to go back. So we're going to be going up to going on to two hands and not a Barry Allen's showing up. And it's the same Barry Allen. It's not like the doctor who regenerates into a different body. This is the same Barry Allen. And this is creating a very temporal weak spot. And he doesn't have any more time so that he can go back. And we have at least one more recorded on top of the fact that there needs to be another one. And it's getting a little crazy. What do you think, James? I think that he really, really needs to spend some time studying Back to the Future and learn why all of this is the worst possible idea. It's actually funny you should mention Back to the Future because uh, once this airs, about a week back, if you go on the timetravelnexus.com, you'll see I actually do a spec post right before The Flash is going to air its season premiere where I talk a bit about The Flashpoint Paradox and to explain it to someone because I am not familiar with the comics. So I've had to sit here... And as the intro goes, spend way too much of my time studying the Flashpoint Paradox and how I think and forming theories on how it's going to affect the Arrowverse. I have really spent way too much of my time this summer on this. Um, I've noticed. Yeah, it's it's been a big thing. Um, I've had people sit here and approach me because they know I will talk 
paradoxes and theoretical time travel and they ask me questions in my thoughts so it's i've had people come so i spend hours on discussions with them and then i've done some research and then i sit there and be like well what if this happens what if this happens and i've heard a rumor that i don't like where um the fact is it's only going to last a few episodes and we might already have resolved the flashpoint paradox before we hit this giant crossover event which i am not a fan of I think it needs to go to about mid-season. I actually will explain why, but I think a four-show crossover is the spot to fix a Flashpoint Paradox. I think that if they do it in that, they're going to be sticking much closer to the comic book. If they only go a few episodes? If they only go a few episodes, then they're going to feel free to explore the fact it's the worst universe ever. Really? Um... Because in the comics, Barry Allen, who's just been revived for no good reason ends up trying to fix his own past and he ends up overriding the DC universe with something that's basically the Biffco version of Hill Valley 1985. Like Bruce Wayne died in an alley so now Batman is Thomas Wayne and he kills people because he's angry. I I mean the fact is without acknowledging the changes that and are going to occur. Wonder Woman dresses like a stripper. Darkest timeline. Yeah, it, well, even acknowledge, not even acknowledging... But Batman has a mustache, so, I mean, he looks kind of like Thomas Magnum. Really? Yes. Would you like to keep going? No, I'm pretty much done now. Okay. It's the darkest timeline. You said, like, three times. I know. Okay. But, even, not even acknowledging the differences in the timelines that we've already seen, for example, Cisco's going to be a little different, though the actor has chimed in on this, and he says... He thinks at the core it's the same Cisco, but this Cisco's been introduced to different circumstances. And outwardly, it's going to be very much different, but there is a little bit of that Cisco that I've come to love. And I hope that the key's right, and there really is, because Cisco's my favorite. And I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with him in the scope of the Flashpoint Paradox. But the fact is, this thing is capable of being a multiverse destroyer, because if it's going to be powerful enough for them to justify bringing in Supergirl's Parallel Earth, because that's the, the how are we bringing a, a parallel Earth and bringing people in? How is that going to work? People think they're going to use the Flashpoint paradox to pull her in. Well, part of it is they haven't established that her Earth is in fact a parallel Earth and not just a split timeline. That's what they assume it is, but we don't have any of the big head, fancy, smart science people telling us it is a true parallel Earth. So I think they're going to resolve it by telling us that it's another splintered timeline that's getting added back into quote-unquote Earth-1. It were, it, I mean, but it, on the potential, it is, because they kind of say in Supergirl, Barry's pretty sure it's a parallel Earth. Um, I mean, he, granted, is not... But he's the, an idiot. He, he, especially Season 2, he really was. The fact that he even initiates the Flashpoint Paradox tells you how much of an idiot Season 2 Barry is. He does it on a whim. He just does it on a whim. I'm upset, so I'm going to go and completely screw over time. Bravo, sir. Yes, you have succeeded, and possibly not only ruining your world, but half of the CW's fall lineup. Congratulations, sir. I, if it is a separate Earth, then I'm not going to be surprised if they also fold in Earth 2. Well, they've already announced that um, some of the Earth 2 characters are coming in for Flash Season 3, so it's... So that's why I'm thinking I won't be surprised if they end up combining that with Earth 2. So but then we, we have, still have a third which Earth. Which will then give three. us the entire legacy of Flash's. From the original Jay Garrick Flash up through Wally West Kid Flash. 
I, th- I think it's going to be very interesting because I'm hoping we get to keep Kid Flash when we resolve the Flashpoint Paradox because I'm excited to see the Kid Flash. And we've got Jesse Quick, and we've got Barry Allen Slash, and you're right, we've got Jake Eriks. There's a lot of Flashes going on. Yeah. And a lot of speedsters, and apparently there's a new speedster villain coming, too, at some point. Um, and, of course, in, within the confines of the Flashpoint Paradox, there's Yabarthon, who we all know from Season 1. But my thing is, it could be very easily resolved in a few episodes, yes. I feel like if you're going to sit here and potentially destroy half your fall lineup, you might as well have some fun with it while you do it. And CW is not, while known to stick to comics, are also known for changing it. If it delineate. goes wildly depending on whatever they feel like. Sometimes exactly. it's shot for shot. Sometimes it's, oh, there's an original comic? Yeah, and so, you know, before... So it's impossible them, to guess. It is absolutely impossible. I mean, it could be, yes, the rumor's true, and it's done by my birthday. Or it could be, like I'm hoping, and it's that big crossover event. Because my thing is, the setup is there in that crossover. Um, with the fact, Legends of Tomorrow, let's, we're going to focus on that for a second. And it's coming back for its second season. And they're taking the place of the Time Masters. So there's the potential when this paradox initiates, they're outside the timeline just enough that they don't necessarily get hit by the Flashpoint Paradox. And they're coming into the paradox timeline. I'm sure that's how they're going to play. That's, to me, the most logical way to play that. And so for them to sit there and go into Flashpoint Paradox, something's wrong, including the most important one, which is the fact that we know for a fact that Laurel Lance is making appearances in all four shows. And Laurel Lance died last season in the original timeline, so something's up that all of a sudden she's alright. And I would say that the Flashpoint Paradox is going to be having an effect backwards through time as well. Because they've treated Flash very much like, oh, you're a metahuman. This is something new. Now we have a 1940s superhero team showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, it's... Well, they've already confirmed it's going to ripple into all four shows. Yeah. So, um, and it has to ripple, in a sense, back in time. Because, I mean, obviously there's that... That's the only way they can justify the Justice Society of America. It's the only way they can Ma justify Ma Hinkle for life. All right. She was an old woman who decided to become a superhero, so she took one of her pans and she cut eye holes in it and she put it on her head and she dresses in goofy red tights even though she's an old fat woman and she punches mobsters in the face. This is a real character from the 40s and she's being confirmed to appear somewhere in this season of CW shows. This is magical because I did not know this. Um, so I'm just going to have like a... You can hear I'm, I'm very gleeful at the moment at the idea of this. But, yeah... Um, like I said, I've tried to keep up, but there's so much speculation flying out because you know people are comparing the source comics to what CW has been doing, and there's no way for sure to guess. So everyone's throwing around rumors. CW likes to be like, "Well, we might do this, or we might do that, or we might just make you sit there and scorn for five months while we take a summer hiatus." Thank you, CW. And then sometimes they make it look like they're doing something completely different, as <laughs> with Grodd. And then it's all just a whole bunch of faffery to bring Grodd back to his comics place. With nearly his comics origin. Technically, quote-unquote, since he was in some continuities found outside Gorilla City. So... You never know what CW is going to do, but the fact is there's such a potential for crossovers. Not only do we have the big four-part crossover event, which I think is, even for CW, is very ambitious, and I'm very excited to see how they do it. Because apparently it's going to kick off with 
Arrow's 100th episode. So this is a big deal that they're hitting their 100th episode and they're kicking off this very ambitious project. Yes. Um, on top of that, we have another crossover coming down the pipes this season with the Flash Supergirl musical crossover. Excuse me, you can hear my voice that I'm grinning like an idiot right now. Because yes. the day they announced that, I had six different people either call me, text me, or put it on my Facebook wall. They're like, do you see this? And I'm like, yes, I do. I see this so much right now. Which means there is going to be a relationship between Supergirl and The Flash. Once again, I ship that so hard. Please, CW, give me Barry and Kara, because they were adorable together. It's not mm -hmm. my fault that they had such good chemistry. And compared Barry and Iris, no, I have nowhere near that. And neither does Kara and Jimmy. So the two couples that are currently set up in both shows... Kind of suck. Kind of suck, yeah. Sorry to both of them. Quite frankly, Jimmy Olsen is only in love with Supergirl. He's not in love with Kara. Which they really messed up Jimmy's character. They yeah they might have. Considering I don't know him as well outside of this, he needs to be the goofy G Wiz kid who gets into strange transformations and turns into Turtle Boy. Huh? Oh yeah, back in the sixties, fifties and sixties, there was this long running string of Jimmy getting into trouble and he keeps turning into things because of one reason or another. So he turns into the Godzilla sized Turtle Boy. He turns into a werewolf. He turns into a genie, and he just keeps stumbling into all of these strange adventures that Superman and Supergirl have to get him out of. I want more of that. I, I agree. They're, they, they had this odd, because when they set up Supergirl season one, and they had this, for lack of a better term, love triangle between Wynn, Jimmy, and Kara, and I'm sitting there, I'm rooting for Wynn the entire first season, I'll be perfectly honest. I rooted for Wynn because I feel like Wynn would have been better for her, and then they went with Jimmy, and I'm sitting here like, no, because... Especially how he reacts in the Red Kryptonite episode. He is not in love with Kara. He's in love with the idea of Supergirl. And I don't like that because Kara's a person too. And and it bugs me because one of my favorite Silver Age Superman stories is an imaginary tale where Supergirl and Jimmy get married. And they're... Nope. None of that here. None of that. But no. So even though they imply that technically Kara is flirting with Barry to make Jimmy jealous, they just naturally had this chemistry that makes you question how much of that was fake flirting at that point, because they just naturally... Well, it was written as fake flirting, but they can't help that the actors have better chemistry than the show-approved ship. Yeah, it it just, they meshed so well together within, like, two minutes of being together on screen. It's like, yes, can we just get this for the rest of both your seasons, please? And then, sadly, no. They only gave me the one episode. But now with her coming in, I better, and I expect more of the two of them working together. Um, just because they make such a fun pair. And CW's teased me with the possibility of that couple. And, yes, I probably will mention it at least twice more in the course of this episode. Sorry, only guys. twice more? Oh, hush. Hush you. Um, and then there's another crossover, correct? Well, theoretically, all the shows are going to, until the Flashpoint Paradox is resolved, are technically crossed over. Theoretically. I actually meant the invasion crossover. Isn't that the... That's the big one at the mid-season. Yeah. I've already mentioned the mid-season, and there's this musical crossover. I'm sure characters are going to duck in and out of each other's shows without notice. Much more than before. Much more than before, especially because they're all now trapped in some form or another in the Flashpoint Paradox. My question is, the very wild card show, Supergirl, not only is, A, she coming into a new network, and we don't know how CW's going to treat her. We've gotten the teases, but we don't know for sure how she's going to treat... Um, be treated here in the thing. We don't know how she's affected by the Flashpoint Paradox because, yes, James has a point. It could be a, a splintered timeline or it could actually, in fact, be Earth 3. 
we'll have to see. I mean, they've hinted slash confirmed that Wynn is gay now, so that could just be one of the flashpoint effects. It could be. Um, I, I'm not a fan of that because no, that was they were so cute. They're just trying to do that so that they can justify Jimmy. That's exactly why they're doing this to me. I'm perfectly happy with it because I hated Wynn. I, he was my favorite out of the two of them. I hate both. Well, you know, I liked one better than Jimmy. I vote but for I, Silver Age Jimmy. I vote for Barry Allen and Kara. There you go. There's at least one out of the two. Um, but you have Legends of Tomorrow. We're going back where I was going because I had a beautiful point I was going to okay, make here. go make your beautiful point. Anyways, we have Legends of Tomorrow, and the whole premise of the show is that Rip Hunter comes back and gathers this ragtag team of heroes and villains because he's going to make them legends, or he says there are legends when they're in fact nobodies, and he could pick them up because they really aren't going to influence destiny. They, of course, don't want to hear that because no one wants to hear that you're a nobody in the course of history. Um, and they go because he wants revenge on Vandal Savage because Vandal Savage killed his family. We come to find out later in the season that Rip Hunter went back time after time after time after time, technically creating his own temporal weak spot to try to save his wife and son, but he fails because it either is a fixed point in time or there's just no way he can save them. And he's like, because they ask, well, why didn't you just go in? He's like, don't you think I tried? But he couldn't. And he's now here in the perfect position. Rip's kind of, you know, in a sense, come to terms with this and has avenged their deaths by helping kill Vandal Savage in the season finale. Now he's in a place where he can help next time traveler, Barry Allen, be like, no, you can't do this. You have to fix it. It's like that I was here. I understand where you're coming from, and I understand how you feel, but you can't leave this like this. You have to go back and fix it. And to me, that puts them in the perfect spot to do it. And that's why I think they almost need a way for the crossover unless they just want to bring Rip in randomly, which is not unusual considering they've made random cameos without announcing. you know what's really interesting? Hmm. Superman already exists in the CW. Mm-hmm. He's referenced in Legends of Tomorrow a couple times as someone who's active and he's around. So I'm curious if they're even going to acknowledge that and how they bring Supergirl in. Interesting. I'm also curious, now that I think about it, if they're just going to skip universes and this is just going to be the Supergirl and Superman that have always been in the CW universe. And there's just a couple differences, but most of season one from the CBS universe still applies. I mean, as long as it's... We know it's still the same, all the same actors, which I'm like, yes, they got the entire cast back, hallelujah. Because then you have the fun of Flash thinking that they have this prior relationship when, meanwhile, Supergirl doesn't know him yet. My argument for that is, and this is not the maybe strongest argument, but it's the recent release Fight Club 2.0 video, because it implies that Barry and Kara talk, and they have talked. Oh, yeah. Because they totally are flirting with each other, excuse me, but they are. It really depends where you want to set that on the timeline. I want to sit that that they were hardcore flirting. She's coming into this universe, and it's fun. And Oliver's so upset with Barry about mentioning Fight Club. You can see it on his face. And I'm like, sorry, hon. They've talked. Um, because, we. I mean, a lot of people assume Barry's visit was very short. I'd argue he was there for at least a few days because he had to fix, resolve the problem in the episode. And as he's leaving, it implies that, yeah, I hung around and helped the police department learn how to keep metahumans or the couple that weren't aliens that were in fact human beings that ran into accidents and got some sort of powers. So that doesn't happen like that, even though he is the Flash. So arguably he could have been there a couple days. They could have talked. Um, They had fun. They had the great chemistry. You know, 
they could have had a donut eating contest because we all know how much Kara eats what every woman wishes she could eat and vast quantities of it. Um, so you never know. And no, I'm, I'm shipping them hard. And Fight Club 2.0 supports my ship. Okay. It does. I mean, I want them together because it's better than anyone else offered for either of them. But we'll see, we'll see if she's the Supergirl Supergirl or the CW Supergirl. I... That would be a way around it. I don't know. I've argued that they're bringing the actual Supergirl, CBS Supergirl over because just some way they've said it. I just don't know how we're going to incorporate her or if we're going to even acknowledge that line. Or we could also acknowledge that Rip Hunter time travels. And do we he acknowledge it's a present-day Superman? No, he doesn't talk about Superman. Vandal Savage talks about Superman as one of the heroes he killed. He killed Superman and Batman. Ah, well... We'll we'll see how it all plays. In and of course, there's the fact that pretty much everyone has acknowledged that Gotham is in the CW, and it's mid '90s. Right. I, I'm not going to be surprised. Everyone's like, I'm waiting for Batman. I'm like, I will not be in surprised at all if it becomes a thing. But I really hope that they wait a couple years and they get the kid from Gotham to be Batman. I Their little they... Bruce is probably the single. For all the problems I have with the writing in the show, they have their little kid Bruce Wayne is probably the single best live action Bruce Wayne. I haven't watched, so I cannot. I mean, I can't honestly recommend it. I'm just in too deep and can't back out now. (laughs) Don't you hate shows when that happens? But season two was an improvement. I hope season three continues to be an improvement to the point where it's an actual Batman show, but. The cast is fantastic. I'm because the thing is, to me, it seems like CW is setting up for Justice League, and the big because this isn't Batman in the Justice League, so isn't that the one we're really missing at this point? You could substitute some of the other characters in and out for other ones. Uh, the only other major person you're missing is Wonder Woman. So I mean, I think they do need to wait at least a year or two. Um, and I'm still not going to forgive them for getting Linda Carter and casting her as the president. No, cast her as an older Wonder Woman who's training Supergirl. Uh, they make all sorts of special decisions, but um, my thing is, we'll see how this all plays out because I think CW is setting up for something, and they're possibly doing a television version of the MCU, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, and they're doing way better than the actual televised MCU. Oh, I've heard that's actually gone worse because um, uh, Agents of Shield came back, and um, my little brother watches, and he actually debates if he's going to keep watching because it's gone. Which is bad. weird because everyone else I've heard talk about it has some vague hope that it might continue to improve. Um, I think it depends what you want from the show. Yeah, and um, uh, but we, like I said, I actually am over a season behind. Um, actually, I think the only one I've watched is the season three premiere. It's the last time I watched Agents of Shield. Because let's be honest, the only really good shows in there are Agent Carter. Daredevil, which took a huge hit in quality in season two, and Luke Cage, which is just about the best thing. I need to watch Luke Cage. I haven't gotten to it yet, and I haven't even touched Jessica Jones, which is probably going up against Agents of Shield for the weakest link in the thing, just because it's how dark it gets, and I haven't watched that, it. And I've heard very few positive reviews of it. I yeah, I just I haven't watched because you I, would like Daredevil more though. because I've heard what people how people describe Tennant's performance in Jessica Jones, and I'm a little scared to watch um, because I don't want my view of Tenet tainted in that way Um, and I've heard he does a very good job but it's a very 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 bad character to quote an author who's been on the show but shall otherwise remain nameless 
he can never watch the Tenth Doctor again, and he still feels ill when he thinks of David Tennant. So, yeah, that's probably why, not the best. That's thing why to I watch. haven't watched Jessica Jones. I, I watched the pilot, and it wasn't enough to be like, oh my gosh, I need more. You and should watch Daredevil. You would like Daredevil. I watched a few episodes of Daredevil season one, but I haven't gotten back to it. And it haven't. takes a few episodes to really get going. Um, but the fact Wilson Fisk did not win an Emmy is a crime. But let's go back to the Arrowverse. Cause to the thing we're actually supposed to be discussing? Yeah, the thing we're actually... See, you were supposed to keep me on task, sir. I'm actually going to bring it up because I hinted at it earlier. There's something in The Flash that got briefly mentioned and touched on in a passing comment. But no one sought to bring it back up. Either no one cut on to the significance of the statement or... No, we don't care enough because it's not important to the plot right now. But it's a big freaking deal. It got hinted that technically this Barry Allen, the one that's in The Flash right now in the 2000s, is going to live at least 300 plus years and is going to more or less remain the same. Because they've hinted that that Barry Allen faces Eobard Thawne in his time, that he's there in that time. But no one's touched on the fact that Barry Allen's not going to age. Has anyone else not realized that that's what he just implied and is what he's saying? I kind of mentally glossed over it because I'm used to not having that Flash in the future. And I'm used to there being a break in the Flash tradition until you get around to the year one million. But they've, they've hinted that Barry Allen's going to be around for hundreds of years, but no one's... Or that it's going to be the real wall the best. No, they've said it was Barry Allen. Like, oh, I know, in this. Ah, I'm more talking about why it completely slipped my brain because I'm still in. I like '90s Wally West mode. But I see. I love Grant Gustin as Barry Allen. I think he does a fantastic job. And I'd forgotten how much I loved his Flash until I was oh, rewatching Supergirl because... and watching the crossover and squealing the entire time because. He's... See, you would love it because even though they call him Barry Allen, he's not written to be Barry Allen. He's written to be Wally West, which is a good thing because. Barry Allen is a bundle of wet blankets. You mean like season two, Barry Allen starts to try to become... Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Um, He's stick-up-his-butt personified. I don't know. Barry Allen's starting to get there in The Flash. I mean, after all, he just initiated the Flashpoint Paradox. No, that's not stick-up-your-butt. That's an... I'm an idiot. He's an absolute idiot. I mean... And that's my thing of why CW needs to resolve this in a big way because they literally just created a paradox that threatens to tear up half their fall lineup. I really hope that Superman gives some advice on how not to be an idiot. I need a rip to come and whack him upside the head for like potentially destroying the multiverse. I think that's why series needs an established Superman like they have. They need someone who's actually old, sane, and experienced. I mean... It's, yeah, I just, there's so many ways they can because resolve the Flashpoint Paradox. experienced old man is Arrow, and he's not exactly someone you want to take advice from. But Barry does. They may have this odd sort of friendship, and I'm a little surprised it hasn't been utilized more. And now that we're going into a four-show, this is perhaps one of the largest shared universes, established canon shows. I mean, yes, we spend time here at the TVCU um, trying to create a shared universe, but this is an established shared universe. And this is on TV. This is probably the biggest one with the most internal connections. Uh, isn't spinoffs? Yeah, not counting spinoffs, but these are like like the winner shows. for that would be All in the Family, which has like a dozen spinoffs, but not counting spinoffs and all airing at the same time and legitimately interconnected. This is gonna, this is a very ambitious project CW is taking on. I applaud them for it though because they're doing a good job, and I'm very excited because now 
it's been more or less established that characters are on a whim going to just hop back and forth between each other's shows. So we honestly might not know week to week who's where. And they might be on two different shows. Um, I know that um, looking at, because I was creeping John Merriman's IMDb page, I know he's on for at least 13 episodes of Legends of Tomorrow, at least, or that might be all they've put up so far. Um, And I know he's listed on a couple of 2016 episodes, but I don't know if any of those were last seasons, and I'm not familiar with the show and didn't recognize the titles, or if those are new ones, and he's going to be hopping in and out of Arrow as well, his parent show. Um, once again, Laurel Lance has been said she's going to be regu- semi-regular on all four. She's going to be hopping around, and she's supposedly supposed to be dead. Of course, you've got the already pre-established Barry Allen Supergirl crossovers. Who's going where? Are they going to be on both? Does that mean I'm getting a two-hour musical? Yes. That would be great. I will possibly cry. It would be wonderful. And I'm very excited. Have I not mentioned how excited I am for that musical? And they're going to make me wait till like, April. So... Now that we're moving into the last ten minutes, I was uh-huh. going to ask, what are you most excited for? But I think you've answered that. I am very excited to see if CW stops teasing me and gives me Barry and Kara, because they had such great chemistry when she, when Barry came over to the CBS show. And they just naturally clicked in a way that any of the love connections they were trying to make for Kara on Supergirl, none of them worked. And Barry and same Iris... Same going for The Flash. Same going for The Flash. The biggest one, of course, being Iris. And yes, technically in season one, it looked like, you know, he was destined to end up with her. And I was like, well, good for him. But now I'm wondering, is Barry still in love with Iris? Or is he in love with the idea he has of who Iris is supposed to be? And the only ship for Flash that even halfway worked was him and Caitlin. But then they just stopped developing that entirely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I feel like she needs someone, but I don't know. Maybe someone from one of the other shows is going to swing in. I mean, because now they're all just hopping wherever they want to. Um, oh, I feel like being on Supergirl this week. Bye, guys. I mean, this is sounding yes. like this might be what this becomes. Which, um, hopefully it does. We need it to be like the TV Brave and the Bold. Um, I am most excited for Superman, by far. Yes. All um, of the actors' comments are completely pitch-perfect for what I want from Superman. He talks about how Batman versus Superman missed the point. He needs to be bright and optimistic. He needs to be an example for children. It's what... As stupid and dorky as his costume is. And as stupid as dorky as he looks. I love every preview they've given me of this Superman. Every single preview of him as Clark Kent or Superman is absolutely pitch-perfect magic, and it's what I desperately needed. It's just so strange, because they have her in what's pretty much exactly the Silver Age Supergirl outfit. Except that her skirt's red, more like modern. But 90% the Silver Age outfit. And then he's in this... Dorky, dorky costume. Um, I also, because it feels like at times CBS was not having him for the sake of not having Superman be in Supergirl. Like, for the biggest, weirdest instance being the season finale where they had it set up where this would have been a glorious moment to bring in Superman. Nope, just kidding. We're not going to do it. We're going to make up some totally bogus excuse why we can't, and we're not going to do it. And it's not even like it's saving them much money to not bring him in. In fact, it would have probably given them ratings. Like, beautiful ratings. I would have watched if I heard Superman was in that season finale, because I actually didn't see it until it came on Netflix. They lost me, like, midway through when they got too stupid for their own good. Yeah, the only reason I... Superman would have kept me. The only reason I ended up actually... I mean, as much as I enjoyed her, um, part of it is I just don't like how CBS has... You have to pay to watch their stuff after a certain amount of time. Because, ain't nobody got time for that. 
Um, or the cash. Or the cash for that. And number two, yeah, I was hearing lukewarm things as the show went on, but then I, I did watch Supergirl for the, the crossover because I stayed caught up to date with The Flash. And the crossover was the single best episode of Supergirl. It probably, I think, after the pilot was their second highest rated one as well. Yes. But, um... All right, finish up this point, then we're going to go to break. Oh, fine. All right, so finishing up the point. My thing was, they would occasionally, quote, quote, make a Clark Kent Superman cameo or a reference, but for the sake of it, we're trying to keep him as far away from the show as possible. And I was like, why? That would have made it better. I have to admit, him Skyping Kara with those messages was adorable. perfect Superman moments. It was, yes, no, those I I don't want taken away, and I hope they find a way to maybe bring it into CW. Even though he's there, and we see a lot of him, and it's going to annoy the crap out of Cat Grant, and I'm kind of excited for him to ruffle her feathers because they need it to be ruffled, and he's apparently going to be the one to do it. Um, I like that she's a Clark Kent fangirl. She she really is, even though she doesn't want to admit it. Um, it's it's so fun. So I'm curious to see how they're going to incorporate this in. And do you have any parting points there? Nope, I'm good. I think we're good. All um, right. So we'll, before we go to break, we'll take a moment to note that Arrowverse is kicking off uh, October 3rd, which this will air afterwards, but you can catch it on the CW app, and you can make sure you watch all four. I'm gonna And, try of to- course, you can pirate it all over the Internet. All over the Internet. But actually, they're actually making the CW app free now because they're doing four superhero shows. Yes, yeah, because so many people don't watch TV anymore. Yeah, they need some way to make money off it. They're actually making the app free so you can watch the shows. So guess who's probably going to have to take advantage of it because there's no way I'm going to be in for four nights out of the week like oh, that. Yes. Anyway, we'll, we have some final messages for you after the break. Catch you in a few. That's all there is. There isn't any more. Join us next week when we talk to one of the best modern Lovecraftian authors, Peter Rollick, about everything Squamos. And Mary Helen, who is our sponsor? Before we end, we want to thank our sponsor, CatCo, for all your media needs. And held by one of the best female CEOs in television history. But to CatCo, to Cat Grant, thank you. And a special thanks to Robert Ronsky Jr. for starting us on this journey, as well as to Tiny White and the Deadites for this show's theme, Leaf on a Stream. Thanks to all who listen. You make this possible. Remember to subscribe and rate our show on iTunes. It makes all the difference and keeps us going. And as always, everything happens somewhere. Good night. See ya. See ya.